BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday, free agency Friday here on Birds 365. You got me, Jody Mack, along with my partner, John McMullen, to shoot the breeze about the birds with you for the next two hours. We got two good guests uh, scheduled to jump in over the course of the next two. Uh, Johnny Mack, I got to be honest, I had already gone to bed last night to watch the uh, late night NCAA tournament games. I already knew that, all right, uh, Gardner Minshew, we hardly knew ye, that he was going elsewhere and signing with the Indianapolis Colts to reunite with Shane Steichen. But I did not know who the Eagles' backup quarter was back was going to be until I put my computer on this morning and found out 
the do the deal guy, Marcus Mariota. Do the deal. Do the deal. The deal is how, finally How many done. years too late is uh, eight Marcus years, Mariota showed I, I up believe. Here? Eight years eight, too eight late. Eight years after uh, a good portion of the Eagle uh, fan base. Yeah, they didn't have to give up uh, two first-round picks, no. Sam Bradford and uh, Fletcher Cox, to get it done either. So, yeah, they did know. not. Uh, all they had to do was pay him and pay him less than the going rate for backup quarterbacks, but more than what uh, – uh, Shane Steichen was willing to pay to get Gardner Minshew to come and be their backup quarterback. It is amazing when you talk backup QBs. It's the only position where you're very concerned about having the right one and then rooting for him to never get on the yes, field. Exactly. Please just stay there on the sidelines, yes. Marcus. Uh, we want Jalen Hurts to play all 17 games. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was a, a fan of his potential to come here. Because I do believe if you've got a backup quarterback who can do things like, not exactly like, otherwise he'd be your starting quarterback. He's a light version of your starting quarterback. Marcus Mariota is still very good at running uh, the ball and uh, potentially running RPOs and zone reads and everything else. If you've got a guy who can uh, somewhat assimilate what your starting quarterback does when he's in there, it's it's a leg up. It's a plus. Uh, you got to be a as good a quarterback at doing everything else, which I think Mariota is compared to all the other backup quarterbacks that have signed this offseason. And if you get the added bonus of the change in the way that you call plays when you put your backup quarterback into the game is negligible. I just think that's a plus. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm I'm with you in the category of uh Let's hope he, we never get to see him play. Uh, I mean, and that's where you are with every when you have a good quarterback uh, in in the NFL. That's where everybody is. They never want to see the backup. But I have no problem with him being the backup. I mean, he's a capable guy, ton of experience. Um, that's what you want in a backup quarterback for the most part. Somebody who's not going to fall apart in the, in a big moment. Uh, and you hope he can cobble together. A win or two, you know, the history says Jalen Hurts is going to miss a couple of games. Again, fingers crossed that that doesn't happen. Um, but I have no problem uh, with him being the backup quarterback. Uh, it's, yeah, it, it's a solid signing at, at $5 million. It was clearly the budget, you know, $5 million, and they'll have some incentives if he does have to play, which is the worst-case scenario. Um, so he's got a little bit of a, a little bit of a bump on the back end if he has to, to pay. And that's typically what you do with a veteran quarterback. It's a, it's a smart signing. It's a smart signing, you know, and I don't even want to call it a big name. I think fans are way too excited about it. You know, big name trap. I always, uh, I'm going to call it the familiar name trap, uh, with Marcus Mariota and Greedy Williams, who we'll get to in a moment. Um, familiar names, recognizable names. But, I mean, we got an eight-year sample size here. This is not a starting-level quarterback in the NFL. Again, different things. Solid backup, but you don't want him on the field. And that's that's the good part of when you have a great quarterback. Other teams, and he brought up Gardner going with Shane Steichen, you know, they don't have an answer yet. And in, at least in theory, from Gardner Minshew's perspective, because I was thinking about this um, this morning, I'm with you because of the day before I was up till three in the morning. So with the sleigh nonsense, 
So I was out, and and Howie's uh, screwing me. Thanks, Howie, doing everything late nights. Um, but you know, I was thinking about it, and I'm saying, well, you know, Gardner has a slight opportunity if if Indy goes the way we're thinking, you know, top ten pick. Obviously, he's got a slight opportunity to be a bridge quarterback early in the season. And what does that opportunity give you? If you play well, they're not taking you off the field. And we all know they're taking a quarterback in the top five. He's going to be the guy. But it's a slight, slight opportunity. Here with Marcus, he's behind an entrenched starter. He's not getting on the field unless there's a disaster, an injury, or anything like that. So that's kind of the debate you have as a potential backup. Sure. Talked about Jacoby Brissett. Now he got more money, but he also got an opportunity in Washington. Um, but I like the signing. You know, they couldn't get Jacoby. Marcus would have been my number two, but I wouldn't get excited about all the Chip Kelly nonsense. And I, I, we've seen enough of this guy to know what he is. One of the things that Marcus Mariota does bring to town on his resume that I don't know that any of the, well, uh, Jimmy G, uh, but he's going to be a guy who's actually going to get a chance to start. Um, I'm talking about the ones who you can recognize right now as unquestioned backup with their new team. Got a playoff win. Uh, Those other guys don't have playoff wins. You hope that he doesn't need to play in a playoff game for the Eagles this year because Jalen Hurts will be ready to start whatever playoff games the Eagles are in, but he does have one to his resume that uh, others do not. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like the signing. I, I think that uh, that was as good as they could do for the price that they were playing in. We've been noting that other backup quarterbacks were getting as much as $10 million. Mariota only signs for five. And you know, Whoa, but Minshew was only 3.5. Okay, put them together. Who, do you, who would you prefer, Marcus Mariota or Gardner Minshew? I take Mariota. So the extra million and a half and both have incentives built into their uh, contracts. Yeah. For that extra million and a half, I'd rather have the better player. And for the half price tag that all those other $10 million quarterbacks came at, there's no question in my mind that Mariota is a better choice. If you're paying somebody 10 million as compared to five, give me the guy for five who I actually think is as good a fit, if not better a fit than any of all those other guys. So I absolutely like the signing yesterday from an Eagle perspective, you mentioned Greedy Jackson coming in. Greedy Williams. Williams. I say Jackson, my boy, my bad. Uh, uh, Greedy Williams, former second round pick back in 2019. I remember uh, doing my study work for him in the 2019 draft. Legit second rounder went where most people had him plugged in. Has had a, let's be honest, disappointing career. Second round draft pick. You hope that the guy establishes himself and you get to a point where you want to give him a second contract, that's not the case. Kind of like Rashad Penny, injuries have been an issue with uh, his career. Missed an entire year back in 2020. But when he's played, he has not played badly. He has been a a good special teams player for the uh, Browns. Uh, I'll take whoever's word for that says it, uh, because I'm not breaking down game film of the Brown special teams, but uh, he had been a uh, regular on their special teams. It's a backup move. And that's part of the general manager's job during an off season is surely you got to fill holes in your starting lineup and Eagles still have one or two of those. We'll get to CJGJ in a second. Uh, but part of it is you don't want to miss out on the opportunity to improve your backups. 
And last year when uh, the Eagles needed to tap into with an injury to Avante Maddox, their backup uh, cornerbacks, be it slot or outside, there was a drop-off. There was, in my estimation, a significant drop-off. Is Greedy the answer? I'm not sure, but if that's what the Eagles saw him and were aggressive enough, while still filling holes in their starting uh, lineup to go out and get a better backup piece, oh, I'll give Howie the benefit of the doubt in this one. Um, I, I, I like I like the signing from this perspective. One, I, I got to see the contract, you know. Got some text out. Hopefully, I get these things this morning while we're on the air, but it's pretty early. Um, I, I think it's going to be pretty, you know, pretty, very similar to Rashad Penny, very desirable from the Eagles' perspective. Um, so I don't think the contract's going to be uh, much of an issue at all. I like it from this perspective. He gets to sit and learn behind Darius Slay and James Bradbury for a year. And this is. You know, you mentioned the slot. Forget about the slot. He can't play the slot. He's 6'2". He's a big, rangy guy. So that, to me, that's two different positions. Um, you're right. You know, the, but the Eagles have some versatility when they move CJ into the slot, if they get CJ back, or vice versa, safety slot versatility with Avante Maddox, both of them, and CJ Gardner-Johnson. And we'll see about CJ. But obviously, he's not getting the deal he wants. From Greedy's perspective, he gets to learn behind two of the smartest cornerbacks in the NFL. Um, and he's got some talent. And that's a worthy uh, roll of the dice, just like Rashad Penny's a worthy roll of the dice because, yeah, the injury history is the injury history, but you know he can play. You've already seen Penny. Uh, you know he can play just if he can stay on the field. In the case of Greedy, we don't know if he can play, but um, – Sitting behind those two guys, if there's anything there, they're going to get it out of them. Um, and 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 from that perspective, I think it's it's a solid roll of the dice, as I said, solid gamble. Um, and and that's what the Eagles are doing. I mean, they're they're smart, they're cost effective, budgets, you get talent, but in a lot of ways, this is like, like we always talk about pedigree with your favorite player, Derek Barnett. Same thing in Cleveland. They're like, get this guy out of here. And 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 Philadelphia, they're like, what a second round pick. He's got some talent. He runs a four three seven. He's six two. You know, give him a chance. And that's the way it should be. All right, he was a second round pick back in years ago. All right, forget about that. Doesn't count anymore. Now he's got a chance to learn under the two of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, but they're aging. Uh, past 30 you got to start thinking about the future solid solid move solid move now uh much like with Rashad Penny injuries are a big factor in trying to decide whether a guy can play or not it's still projection you're you're working off what you believed when a guy doesn't get a chance to get out there Cleveland decided not to play him he was certainly more uh, eligible and and playing just special teams this year but when injuries factor in that's what makes it a roll of the dice. And sometimes you come up craps. If you sign a player who's got an injury history and when you give him the chance to play, doesn't get the job done, you can't just go, well, we didn't know. Well, yeah, you did. When you signed him to the contract, you said you believed he could play. Then if he gets the chance and he can't, guess what? You got it wrong. 
But sometimes if a guy doesn't get a chance to play because of injury and then he can stay healthy and play well for you, well, that's a major win. There's uh, With the the two signings that the Eagles have made for the uh, undervalue, not a lot of payment, uh, 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 certainly more upside than downside, they're banking on upside. They're they're banking on these two guys staying healthy. Now, uh, best-case scenario, kind of like the quarterback position, you open greedy doesn't need to get on the field because you've got your well, that was that, and that was the great thing about corner, you know, Slay and Bradbury stayed healthy for the most part. Slay had a couple uh concussion uh uh troubles where he missed parts of games, but never a game. Um, and Bradbury was healthy the whole season. So they never had to go to Zach McPherson on the outside or Josh Job on the outside or anybody else on the outside. And I don't think that would have went well, except for a very small period with Zach. Um, and here, you know, now they have uh, Greedy Williams uh, to throw in the mix. And it doesn't necessarily mean Zach McPherson isn't going to be the top backup, but it gives you a lot of versatility and it gives you competition. Um and, and Zach, I've always thought, is better suited to play inside anyway. Uh, so maybe they move him inside to be the backup slot because now you have a, a more tangible option um, as a backup outside the numbers. So um, from that standpoint, uh, you, you can see some of the versatility it might give Sean Desai, but it all comes down to can he play or can he play. And I think it's a great situation for a young player. If, if you're a young corner in this league and you get to learn behind Slay and Bradbury, it doesn't get any better than that. That's, and hopefully something greedy can take advantage of this year. All right, one quick thought on uh, the news yesterday, not a player-involved signing. Well, I guess it is an extension-involved signing uh, before we punch up our first guest. Uh, there were several reports out there that Darius Slay was coming back to the Eagles on a no-new-money deal. Well, we still don't have all the details of the contract, but I can guarantee you there's new money attached to it because it's a two-year contract extension. So his contract stays in place this year, maybe reworked, but still in place, and two more years on the back end with $23 million guaranteed. That entire guarantee is not in this year. I can guarantee you that, John McMullen. So there is guaranteed money in future years. Uh, the devil will be in the details, and they haven't come out just yet. But uh, there, there was a bit of a commitment by the Eagles to get this done and be able to redo Slay's deal for this season. Yeah, it was a compromise. This is going to be very Eagles tilted. Um, you know, just I, I, and we'll see uh, when it comes out. As you said, the devil's always in the details. My guess is it's two years, um, and he's guaranteed twenty three million. So if you think at it from that perspective. $11.5 million per year. He was set to make $17.5 million a year. That's pretty good from the Eagles' perspective. And that's what I think ultimately it's going to be. But you you work it in a way where, it, you, you know, the player is not going to feel bad because, you know, the, the contracts in the NFL are very complicated. And, you know, people are already going – Ah, Slay better keep himself in shape so he can play in 2025. He ain't playing on the third year of this deal. Trust me. Oh, if he God. plays well, you're not going to want to play on the third year of this deal. Um, and he's going to want more money. But at that age, it's it's very. So 
it's going to be very Eagles tilted, but they, you know, they did right. And the bottom line is his guaranteed money was up. So he was set to make $17.5 million this year. Uh, and if he's on the uh, 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 roster week one, that money's guaranteed as a bested veteran. But you got to get to week one before that money's guaranteed. Now he's got $23 million of it guaranteed. So he got a little bit of a bump, as you mentioned, a little bit of new money. Um, but it's better for the from the Eagles' standpoint, if that makes sense. And that, that $26 million cap number goes away, right. which is why you can sign the Marcus Mariotas and the Greedy Williams of the world and do some other maneuvering as well. Right. So we'll we'll wait on how it's actually played out, spread out over the course of the three years. That's the thing that surprised me. And and oh by the way, you're right. That third year we'll never see the light of day. It's it's it 2024 is now in play. 2023 is locked in. 2024 is in play. 2025 is a is a pipe dream. Yeah, he's never going to see yeah. that. The Eagles aren't. And honestly, Jody, I guarantee you, if he plays well, uh, I guarantee you, 2024 is a pipe dream. They're going to be talking about another adjustment to the contract. Uh, so this is about salary cap relief in the short term, and and you know saving face for the player a little bit. Um, and, and the Eagles got it done. Credit to uh, Howie Roseman and uh, Jake Rosenberg. He is John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. Appreciate you streaming in on Football Free Agency Week. Birds have done quite well, as a matter of fact. That's uh, my opinion. John's giving you his. And we're going to get a third coming up next. Our buddy, Jeff Carr, CBSSports.com, the host of uh, Good Morning NFC East, is going to jump in with us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. It's the Mac and Mac Sports 365 Friday on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We got a Jacob Media YouTube channel contributor to join us, the host of uh, Good Morning NFC East and also football writer for CBSSports.com. Jeff Kerr jumps in. Hi, Jeff Kerr. Draw a line right here, right now. St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day, by the way. Um, Howie Roseman's grade for handling the Eagles offseason for Jeff Kerr, knowing it could change, go up or down going forward. But right here, right now, what kind of grade would you give Howie? Well, considering a week ago, guys, I did not think Darius Slay and James Bradbury would be back on this team. Hey. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I, I think he's manipulated things very well. Um, and And he'll do better. This is where you know, sort of the second phase is where he kind of sets himself apart. And I always say from other GMs and contingencies is where how he tends to set himself apart as well. But, you know, also the gambling deals. Rashad Penny makes a lot of sense. Greedy Williams makes a lot of sense. You know, they might end up being nothing, but it's not going to cost the Eagles uh, anything to take a look at them. I, you know... I always say about how he makes smart decisions. And when you stack smart decisions, they don't always work. Robert Quinn didn't work. Jody's favorite player, Derek Barnett, he likes to bring him up. That didn't work last year. But most of his decisions worked. And that's because they're well thought out, well informed decisions. That's how I phrase it. How do you see it? Yeah, so when the Eagles signed Rashad Penny, he was one of those guys I was kind of thinking in the back of my head. I'm like, you know, Eagles could probably get him on the cheap. And I was thinking maybe four or five million. No, they get him for two, <laughs> which is an awesome 1.6. He's got a hit incentives to get to two. To get to two, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. He actually has to play. But, I mean, if you look at his last 10 games, he's run for 1,017 yards, average 6.2 yards per carry. And he fits the offense better than what? Miles Sanders did, and this is what I love about free agency sometimes. A lot of smart GMs are starting to get like this. 
put players in a position where they can succeed. The Eagles are doing this with Rashad Penny. I think Carolina's doing that with Miles Sanders. I think Indianapolis is doing this with Gardner Minshew. As crazy as it sounds, and now the Eagles are doing this with Marcus Mariota. It's yeah, you're, hey, you're right. By to- the way, guys, I got to meet Rashad yesterday. Really nice guy, by the way. He went around to every reporter there, introduced himself, which you don't see. Brandon Graham does it, but very few others. Um, so, number one, he made a good first impression with everybody, but, and is he big? big I too. said, well, oh, the Eagles signed a linebacker. I mean, he has got forearms like you wouldn't believe, uh, and, and, and the neck, uh, uh, but he's he's incredibly elusive as well on top of it. it it's pretty impressive. It's weird he said had so many injury problems because he's so stinking big. You'd think everybody, everything would just bounce off of him. Um, I don't know if it's going to work. And Miles is, you know, for whatever reason, um, as you mentioned, maybe it was just the pitch, yeah, you know, trying to kick it out too much. Uh, wasn't a great receiver. Bottom line, 1,300-yard back, 11 touchdowns. That's really good production. Um, and Rashad Penny has been injured. So, you know, uh, there's as you point out with those last 16, 17 games, well, you got to go a ways back to find those last 16, 17 games because he's never on the field. Yeah, I think he's played. I, I think he's been injured more games than he's played since he's entered the league. And, I, I mean, it, it's a shame because – he is a really good player when he's healthy. And last year, it was kind of that weird situation where they draft Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker was going to be the guy in Seattle at some point. But Rashad <clears> Penny, <throat> outside of an injury, Kenneth Walker was not seeing the field the way people were because wanted him to because of Rashad Penny. And Rashad Penny did everything he could to keep that job. And then he got hurt. And I, I thought Rashad Penny was the name everybody kind of forgot on that loaded free agent market. But I, I'll tell you what, it's – I think it's one of those, like you said, John, it's a low-risk, high-reward move for the Eagles. But if he's healthy, you put him in with Kenny Gainwell, you put him in with Boston Scott, say they draft a running back at some point, that could be a really nice combination for that. I think their offense, in a way, did get better. And, again, this is if Rashad Penny is healthy. Other moves the Eagles have made here since free agency started. Just the other day, they brought back – Fletcher Cox for another year. One-year deal. Again, one-year deals can only be so good or so bad because they are as short-term as they are. $10 million for Fletcher Cox. He played well last year. Up to a $14 million number. Not for me, but but well. $10 million projecting going forward for this year. Continuity counts. History with the team counts. But the bottom line is, can you play to a $10 million level? Do you think Fletcher Cox can do that? Well, when there was another shooter that reportedly offered him more, and John, maybe you can clarify this a little bit better. Is it did you hear like 12, 13 million the Jets offered him, maybe even 14? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I heard 12, 13 million um for Fletcher. And uh, Jets are obvious because of Joe Douglas and Cleveland. There was a lot of talk about Cleveland because of Jim Swartz and Andrew Berry and Cat Rage. Um he definitely could have gotten more. So was he going to get 14? No. Um, but so 12, 13 makes sense. But I don't know if that's original reporting or people are, are just kind of connecting the dots. But 
yeah, I got it from two different people that he definitely turned down money elsewhere. Uh, how high that was, I can't tell you, but you know, common sense says it was 12, 13. And then, this is where I kind of wish the social media world would understand $10 million. That's not bad for a defensive tackle of Fletcher Cox's status. I mean, these guys are getting paid. Look at what Javon Hargrave just got. He, he's getting $21 million from the 49ers. Oh, yeah. He tackles get paid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They get paid. And I think they needed a veteran defensive tackle in there. And does that rule them out from potentially drafting a young guy? No, but I think it helps Jordan Davis. I think it helps Milton Williams and, you know, Marlon Teal Palutu. I actually got right <laughs> for, for guys like that. Chewy Palutu. You got to go. You got to, you got Chewy Palutu. Chewy's my guy. At, at some point, at some point, I'm going to remember how to say that name. But it, anyway, it's kind of crazy to me how making $10 million as a defensive tackle for a guy who had seven sacks last year and was getting pressure on the quarterback is frowned upon. And, you know, I, I saw... Especially couple... in this town, Jeff. I talk about it all the time. I don't get the Fletcher Cox hate in this town. It's not everybody. It's always a small percentage. This is one of the best defensive players in the history of this franchise. Um, In the history of this franchise. Who probably should get his number retired when it's all said and done. Oh, my we... God. He might go to the Hall of Fame. I was talking to Jody. Well, if Gary Myers on in the second hour, we could ask Gary. He was on the old decade team. Gary's a voter. Um, he was on the old decade team in the 2010s. This is a a a a uh, four-time All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowl selection. I'm not saying he's a slam dunk, but he's in the conversation to so be in a Hall of Fame level player. And I don't get it, man. Because had, he doesn't have Brandon's personality? I, I don't know. I had to rank the top – after the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, because of Donald, you know, will he or will he not retire? He did it. But they said in the event he does, why don't you go back in your history books and rank the top ten defensive players of all time? And I was curious where I would fit Donald in there. If you looked at Donald's seven years based on dominance – he was top five just based right, on what he yeah. did. He's and, one of the he's one of the best players of all time. Yeah, and I just got tired of hearing Fletcher. Call. Well, he's not Aaron Donald. I go, well, I hate to tell you, no one's Aaron Donald. There, Aaron Donald's in the league of his own. Yeah, I, he's, uh, he's I guess I'll play. I'll play devil's generation. advocate here since you want answers, Johnny Mac. Was Fletcher Cox a fourteen million dollar a year player last year? <sighs> it, probably not. Not probably not. Okay. So this year he's making 10. Will he be a $10 million a year player? For this team, yes. For this team, yes. Right. I, I think, see, I look at it in a different way. I look at it as about Jeff brought up, you know, you're talking about Jordan Davis and, and Milton Williams and, and Marlon Tui Pelotu, all young players. All I, I think there's value, just like I was talking with Greedy Williams, and we'll get the Greedy with Jeff. Got to get Greedy with Greedy. Um. I think there's value to playing behind Darius Slay and James Bradbury for him. Maybe maybe something clicks. I think there's value uh, to playing behind Fletcher Cox for young players. Um, so I think it's about more than just what happens on the field. But okay. that's uh, we, we'll see. Um, I don't, and you would know better than me because you're down there and you're talking to these guys. Um, I don't remember any specific quotes from 
either Milton and or Marlin that uh, the, the the tutelage they're getting. Oh yeah, they talk about Pletch all the time. Yeah, they, yeah, the they time. do. Yeah, that that locker room loves Fletcher Cox. He, he he's not in the BG stratosphere, but who is? But I'll tell you what, those guys love Fletcher Cox in there. Yeah, BG's more vocal, so it, you know it's it's more obvious with BG because you know he's the nicest human being in the world. He's got the most energy in the world to the point I can't even understand how he's got as much energy as he does. Um, and nobody's Brandon Graham. I I just talked about Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny introducing himself. That's the first time that's happened in Philadelphia since Brandon Graham. Uh, um, you know, it doesn't happen a lot uh, that people are that outgoing. So Pletcher goes about it a little bit different. He's he's way more low key. But as far as the players, Jody, yeah, they have tremendous reverence for Pletcher Cox. Number one, because he's an awesome player and he has been for a really long time. And number two, because he's really well schooled on how to play similar to Slay and Bradbury at corner, a very savvy player understands the role. So they sort of gravitate towards it. I'll tell you what, one thing I really like about Cox too, just seeing him in the locker room after games and seeing him in training camp. That guy knows how to stay in shape. I, I mean, you look at him, you're like, okay, this isn't you know the pinnacle of excellence here, but for a football player, he's in really good shape. And you can just tell, like, he he does take care of his body. He wants to play in this league a long time. And for a guy who's 32, I mean, you see some bodies deteriorate. It's not yeah. Fletcher. You know, that's <laughs> funny you say that because a lot of people say, you know, Fletcher played way too many reps for way too many years. And maybe that's why the downtick started. And every year the Eagles would talk about, we got to take some reps off Fletcher Cox's plate. And every year they're like in the fourth quarter, well, I'm not taking Pletch off the field and he's out there and he's out there and he's out there and he's out there. But people would say he's not in shape. I mean, certain people, not a lot of people, you know, football. I, I think it's because Fletcher is a sweater, man. I mean, like one television light shows up and he's sweating, especially when it's hot. So he sweats I, when I interview him. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's the way he is. I, yeah. I don't know. And he's good at answering all the questions. It's just like, you're right there. Like you put a camera in his face. He's just like, oh, okay. And then, you know, here, let me get a towel. And I'm like, all right, yeah. Fletch. I'm like, I see your, um, uh, what's that term? Uh, easy, per- easy perspirant, I guess. I, I forget what the... All right, and I'll give Any you the, the, the only yeah. other question that I have about Fletcher Cox. And again, this is working off the assumption that the Jets did offer more money. I've seen no confirmation on the Jets end, but some very good and uh, on-point reporters have reported that's the fact, so I'll accept it to a point. Um, so so that's what it costs to keep him if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. They had to pay uh, that amount. At some point, you got to turn your roster over. And Fletcher is of an age where you you need to accept that he's going to have to earn the amount of money that you're going to pay him because you're not developing someone who's going to step in in the future. That at some point you got to put younger guys into the lineup. And the Eagles, while they've done a very good job and they're back in it again to win this year and coming off what they did last year, that's the way I would have handled it if I were Howie Roseman they're keeping some older guys in place. And, and if you want to continue to be a team that's in the Super Bowl next year, after year, after year, after year, 
then you got to churn a couple positions and you got to get younger. Um, and uh, they're not doing that with Fletcher Cox this year. They're not doing that with Brandon Graham this year. They're uh, keeping some guys in place. And oh, by the way, Brandon Graham earned his money this year unquestioned uh, for the amount that he's making this upcoming year. I'll project more so he's worth what he's getting paid than Fletcher is worth what he's getting paid. That's the only other question you can have about Fletcher Cox. And I don't think it's unfair to put to put those questions out there. Do I think Fletcher Cox stinks? No. Do I think the Eagles made a mistake by re-signing Fletcher Cox? No. But do I think you can at least say, well, I'm not sure about it, or it's not a slam dunk winner. I don't think that's questioning Fletcher Cox or the Eagles. It's just uh, evaluating the situation. And and I think uh, any Eagle fan, yours truly included, can do so with the, the last two years contracts and production for Fletcher Cox. I always look at it this way, Jody. Is a rookie going to put up 40 pressures and seven sacks? Say say he does that again this year. Is a rookie going to do that? Like, Darius, is a rookie really going to be better than a guy like Darius Slay at this point? Probably not. But you could draft that rookie and groom that rookie under those two. And then when it's time to move on from, from them, say, next year or in two years, I, I, I think this could be Fletcher Cox's last year with the Eagles. I, I, I'm starting to think that. Yeah, we have, yeah, well, that's it's a fair point by Jody, and it's not just Fletcher. It's BG. It's even Jason Kelsey. It's, uh, you know, it's Darius Slay. It's, you know, this is an aging team. A um, lot of key players post-30. Um and that's part of the issue. I mean, they're proven, uh, so they want to get paid. And that we just went through this with Slay. Um, they're good. They're still really good players. But if you're smart, you know the history of this league, and you know the decline is coming. Um, so the old adage in sports, whoever, uh, I think Branch Rickey gets credit for it. I, I don't know if he's the first to say it, but it's better to give up on a player a year early than a year late. Yep. Um, and that's always a difficult, difficult tightrope. It's even more difficult when that player has had success for your team. I would say the Eagles have the core four, right? Well, the real core four, I'm going too much baseball, is the Yankees, the Derek Jeter Yankees, right? Jeter wasn't the player he was at the end, but the Yankees almost had to let him play it out because of what he meant to the organization, what he meant to the team. Similar situation with the Eagles in a, in a bunch of these circumstances. It's difficult. I don't know how you how you they're, they're how you go down that road. They're, they're franchise pillars. Like it's Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey. Like I, I, I remember, I think I saw on Twitter last week, someone said, well, they should get rid of Jason Kelsey for, because you know, <laughs> it, it's that whole, I'm like, why? I'm like, what are you well, that Kelsey's like Jeter. No, he goes right. as long as he yeah, exactly. wants. Exactly. And Jason Kelsey wants to play with the cane at 45 years old. He can still block people more power to him. Yeah. Um, you know, it's part of it. I mean, you can't just, these are human beings as well. And I know everybody doesn't realize that, or a lot of people don't realize that. But um, in the case of Kelsey, though, yeah, I saw that same thing. I'm like, come on, where are we at? Where are we at in sports? Where we're so worried about the future. What, 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 everything's about the, always worried about the future. The guy was an all pro. 
he's playing and now Kelsey himself, because he's very humble, will say, No, I'm not playing like I once did, you know, as a nod to the well, we can't see it. And he gives credit to Stoutland for putting him in great spots, and he gives credit for uh Isaac and Landon for being so good around him. But you know, he's being humble. You see the film. I mean, he's knocking people on their asses. Uh, uh, he's downfield. He looks as good as he's ever been. Now, only he knows how he feels physically. But how you could say, oh, let's move on from Jason Kelsey because we drafted Cam Jurgens. That's just stupid, stupid. asset management. No, oh, oh, I, I mean... It's the Sam Hickey level of thinking. Well, 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 my favorite is you can't sit a second round pick two years. Why not? Aaron Rodgers sat. Yeah. yeah. It worked, he sat worked for out for three well. years. Yeah. He sat for three Jordan years. Jordan Love sat for three years. I mean, he might be the, based on Green Bay's trajectory, he may be the next Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. We know. It'll be the Jets quarterback in 2037. Exactly. Uh, speaking of the human element, John, I, I kind of want to pick your brain on this, too. Uh, Jody, I'm taking the host share from you here, but. How about our boy C.J. Gardner-Johnson right now? Oh, boy. Tweeting but, and deleting oh, C.J. Man. It's, you know what? I didn't even see what, what he tweeted. Oh, you know, but I, I get asked every day, you got any updates on him? Got any updates on him? Because of what well, I reported Monday. And I said, well, no, I, I don't, or else I tweet about it. Well, the tweet that he deleted last night was, the disrespect continues. And he put it up, and he took it down shortly thereafter. His market um, isn't what he thought it was going to be. That's right. And is. and everybody wants to look at through their own prism as, as the way they probably should. But that's just the fact, Jack. It, it, when you hit free agency and your agent has the availability to talk to all 32 teams and you're not getting the money that you think you should get, guess what? It's 32 to 1. You, you get your vote. You get to air your opinion. But the other 32 parties get their theirs and when they're on one side and you're on the other that's not disrespect that's miscalculation cjgj you yeah. overvalued yourself if yeah. you believe that you were getting um, this knockdown drop dead contract and it's just not out there and oh by the way we're now four days into this so it isn't like it's about to just surface at some point yeah he, he over evaluated himself and I don't know where it's going to go because he's if he's feeling disrespected, he should be feeling disrespected by all 32 teams, which includes the Philadelphia Eagles. No more, no less. Uh, maybe he thinks they should be willing to pay me more because I contributed to a Super Bowl team last year. I don't know if it's going to help the Eagles or hurt the Eagles. He gotcha. does think he does think that, Jody, because if I don't know if you guys go on the Instagram sphere, but he said if I played all year, I'd have 12 interceptions. I'm like, well, there he's selling himself. It's yeah. that, that's clear as death. Yeah. Yeah. It is difficult because you do want that. You're you're you see it all the time with veteran players. They're often not willing to take pay cuts from their original teams, but willing to go elsewhere to play less because they feel disrespected by their original teams. Um, but you're right, Jody. I mean, it's a vote of the league entirely. And one of the reasons CJ isn't getting the money he wants is because he's on Twitter doing this nonsense. And, you know, I always say a lot of teams don't want to deal with that. Now, some do, some don't. But you never want to lower the field um, if you can, um, it, 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 if you can control it. 
and and you know his market is not what people thought his market would be and that's good for the eagles unless as jody pointed out he feels completely completely disrespected by the eagles and I can't read his mind. He might right. be talking about his video game. He's always playing video. Yeah, games he's always online. he's always doing that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it might not even be about football. Well, it most likely is. I mean, but it could be other teams. It could be the Eagles. He's a tough guy to gauge. Um, and but I know he's not getting fourteen million dollars. I know that. You know, it's funny. So when I was talking to people in that camp. I did have a trusted source saying, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to get near that franchise tag amount. You know that. And I was like, okay, and this was two weeks ago. And I'm like, so, you know, what are we talking here? Maybe 10, 11 million. And I never got a response back on that. So I was. Yeah. What I got, and I've said on the show and I've told Jody, um, the Eagles really liked uh, Marcus Williams last year. I, I mean, really liked him. Uh, as a player, and they it bailed out. Yeah, and they bailed out when Baltimore went too high. Um, and 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 who I was talking to told me they're not paying CJ what they were going to pay Marcus. So you know, um, and Marcus got fourteen million a year. He got twelve. He got uh, that, twelve. That, that's, that's right. He, yeah, that's right. He and uh, you know, I said, and my first did well. Things go up. That's sort of baked in. The salary cap goes up. So Marcus, if he was a free agent this year, would have gotten a little bit more than he got last year. That's sort of how things work. Um, but, you know, he was pretty adamant, said, no, they're, they're disciplined, focused. They're not going to go above their number. And I think he was right. So he, we'll see how it shakes out. So there were a couple players that I was told that, come back to us, test the market, and come back to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, ironically, two of them aren't here anymore. One was Gardner Minshew, and the other was C.J. Edwards. And the third is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. So I'm really curious to see what ends up with that because two of them, they're just not Eagles anymore. And, yeah. and how we played this game with Slay as well. Um, oh, he yeah. said, look, you know, go, go test your market and, you know, then you got to have the come to Jesus moment and say, uh, I'm not getting what I'm getting. And I think Slade really didn't want to leave at the end of the day. I think he's just like, you know what? Grass is fine here. I don't need to go somewhere else. Here's yeah. the one thing I will, if I'm uh, in CJ Gardner Johnson's inner circle that I'm kind of leaning on, if he's selling me the, I'm being disrespected. I'm just not taking less uh, argument. This isn't a great safety draft class. There's one safety branch from Alabama who's a legit first-round draft pick. Everyone else after that is second-round at best. So for the teams that don't have a safety yet and or have a hole at safety, Eagles being one of them, uh, you're not plugging and playing an NFL uh, first-round draft pick. Just grab them and throw them in there and know you're good to go. This is not a good uh, safety draft class. So maybe that's why, at least from an agent standpoint, they're clinging to, yeah, we're being disrespected. Yeah, we're being underoffered at this point. It's tough. It's tough to think that though, because it's. I'm curious. I mean, there's obviously, if I'm looking at it correctly, just based on the safety market, he's got to make over seven billion. But I don't think he's making ten or eleven. So I mean, when you look at what Marcus Epps and guys like that are getting paid, 
you're starting to think, okay, this is probably where it's going to end up. Now, whether it's like what John said, does he take an offer from, say, the Broncos, which I, I do know the Broncos are the other team interested. I, I, I think that's the other thing he's upset, too. I think he thought there were going to be multiple bidders in here. And some people say Bengals, and I haven't heard anything about Cincinnati. Now, they drafted that kid from Michigan last yeah, year. Yeah, Dax as a Hill. Replacement and, you know, for Jesse Bates. So And they signed Michael Thomas, mm, too. So they yeah. signed him. So I, yeah, I, I think it's it, if he gets 10 11 at this point, it's a big win for CJ. It's a big win for Kevin Connor's agent. Um, I think they're going to land at 8 9. Um, anything less than 8 9, it's a big loss. That's and, how I would. And if it's with the Eagles, and if he does stay with the Eagles, man, that's. I'll tell you what, they're in a much better position than the Chiefs right now. It's. I love Jawan Taylor, the player, but I can't believe the Chiefs paid him and didn't pay Orlando Brown. When it seems like the the only thing that really separated those two was guaranteed money. Yeah, and I'm surprised Cincinnati went, but they, you know, Cincinnati has changed when they're close to being a Super Bowl team, and they realize it, and they were a Super Bowl team. Um, they're going for it. You know, they're typically known as one of the cheaper organizations in the NFL. <laughs> and they gave Brown more guaranteed money than I think any offensive lineman in history. Is that correct, Jeff? I yeah, that, that, that is. So there was a team in that division I heard was after him, and that was Pittsburgh. And I tried to reach out to Brown, but I'm sure he's been busy. And I said, hey, is it true Pittsburgh offered you? And he never responded, but then again, he, he yeah, last time I talked to Brown was at the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I'm curious to see what his other offers were, but I think Cincinnati said, you know what, we're not paying Jesse Bates. We're not paying the safety this money. We got young guys, but we still have some money to spend. Let's do it on him. Let's protect our biggest asset, and Joe Burrow. And now I think you can move Jonah Williams over the right tackle, and I, I don't think Leal Collins is going to be a Bengal too much longer. All right, let me let me do a little agent math here, and if you get, think I'm overstepping or I'm evaluating this incorrectly, please say so. Jesse Bates got an average of sixteen and change million this year. I think it's just above sixteen, but it's basically sixteen million per, um, with a bunch of it guaranteed. Marcus Epps got six million dollars. If you're Chauncey Gardner Johnson, do you not feel that you're closer to Bates than you are Marcus Epps. Dead well, he in the feels middle. that way. I mean, yeah. he could. I mean, Je- Jesse Bates is on a different stratosphere in terms of safeties. Let's be yeah. real here. But definitely, I mean, uh, that's why I said if CJ, I'm banking uh, at this point. I think he's going to get eight to nine million. If if he gets anything more than that, it's a win. If he gets anything less than that, it's a loss. But I I I think that's where he's settling in. Um, and the market says what the market says. And you know what? If he wasn't uh, a, a pain in the you-know-what at times, maybe he would be up at $11 million. Maybe yeah. he would be and up This at is what million. I kind of wish the fan base would understand. Yes, he's very popular on Twitter. <laughs> he was very popular on Saints Twitter, too. But I'm telling you, there are people out there that are in the know. Is this guy more trouble than he's worth? And you're right, John, with the whole social media stuff. I mean, he didn't give the Eagles any problems last year, but well, there you was, know. you know, there, there, there that's not necessarily yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah, and yeah Marcus, our buddy Marcus Hayes did a piece on Denard Wilson leaving, and one of Denard's uh, 
extra jobs was being babysitter for CJ. Um, yeah, I mean, the Eagles knew they were taking on uh, a, a, a guy who, you know, could be an issue at times, but they felt they had a strong locker room, which they do. And Slay and Bradbury helped. Yeah. Um, and it worked out and it worked out. And that's why I think this is the best place for them, by the way, continuing because they, they still have uh, Slay and Bradbury. They don't have Denard Wilson. So we'll see. They don't technically have even a secondary coach right now. So we'll see how that shakes out. But the Eagles, you know, are, 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 are well-versed in it. Uh, other teams are not. And one of the reasons the Saints gave up on a talented player was because two reasons. I mean, the bigger reason they didn't want to pay him what they projected he was going to get. And, you know, there's like maybe two. And I saw Jalen Hurts. Remember, this is Jalen Hurts, the leader of all leaders, you know, walk out of the locker room once when Chauncey was being a little bit too loud. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. All right. Last thing on Chauncey and last thing for Jeff Kerr. Any chance that CJGJ with the Eagles or elsewhere signs a one year, I'm going to be on my best behavior deal. If his agent is advising them, you know, the whole social media thing and acting out and it probably has curbed our market you kind of need to prove to the league that you can be a good team guy and you can keep yourself in check when need be. Any chance he does a one-year deal with either Philly or anybody else? Um, it's a bet on yourself deal. I think the Eagles would like to sign him to multi-years and give him some guaranteed money there, but I don't think it's going to be like a four or five-year deal. I, I honestly think it's going to be, and again, this is just me speculating. This is just my opinion. I, I think it's going to be two or three years if I'm being honest with myself. Yeah, and you know, you and I talked about that a little bit uh, before. I forget who we were talking about. Uh, oh, Jalen Hurts. Joe Banner keeps recommending to Jalen Hurts to take a short-term contract, get back on the market because you know you're going to make a lot of money. Um, yeah, I would recommend Chauncey take a shorter contract, get back on the market, and uh, you know have a chance to make more money. If I would. If I was Kevin Connor, that's what I would do. And there are two people that could be in his corner if he plays with them the next couple of years, Slay and Bradbury, that are well-respected around this league. I mean, I, I still can't believe the outpouring support from other players when this whole Slay thing was going down. Like, you know, his former teammates and guys like he that, that knows him, it's like, oh, like Slay, like what's going on, man? And, and, and you know as well as I do. John with Bradbury, like there were so many people happy for Bradbury, especially, yeah. especially after. Well, the, players, you know, players are obviously they stick together in general, but but those two um, are well respected. Oh man, I mean, Slay is, you know, again, you know, it was funny. His wife uh, uh, Jennifer uh, is active on Twitter, Eagles Twitter as well. She's very active on Twitter. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, as they are want to do, when Darius said goodbye, because remember, it was it was Slay who said goodbye on Twitter and, you know, essentially confirming he was leaving and getting cut. Um, a lot of people turned on him right away. <laughs> oh, you know, Bradbury's better. Oh, uh, you know, he had a bad second half. Do you, is, do you like what Jen tweeted? I yeah. saved the receipts. That's all I did all day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they're in trouble. 
Uh, but inside the league, I mean, he's one of those guys who, you know, everybody knows. You talk to the receivers, everybody knows. Um, Jefferson, uh, AJ, uh, in-house, everybody knows what Slay is. And Slay's one of the few real cornerback ones. I always compare it to starting pitchers in baseball. You know, I've said that, Jody. There's 30 because there's got to be 30. Right. There's 30 teams. Right. Uh, there's 30 because there's got to be 30. There's not legit 30 number ones. Well, there's 32 cornerback ones in the NFL because there has to be. But there aren't 32 legitimate cornerback ones. Right. I would 10. I would describe the Eagles same way I described the Phillies. They're lucky enough to have two aces. Yeah. I think yeah. they've got two aces. It's not there's one per team. But if the number is 32, certainly Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler are two of the best 32 uh, uh, starters in Major League Baseball. And yeah, no but that's my point. It's Bradbury not, and Slayer, two of the top 32 cornerbacks. There's probably 10. Yeah, they're, two of, they're definitely two of the top 32. But there's probably, my point is, there's probably 10 true cornerback ones. And slays in that category. If I had to well, say you, this, but do you put Bradbury in that no, category? No, I, I, I'll say this: the Eagles got two of the top fifteen cornerbacks in football. Bottom line, I go two of the top twenty. Well, I'm, I'm basing this off last year, just based off last year. Oh yeah, last year Bradbury was tremendous. Last year Bradbury was the better of the two cornerbacks. Yeah, I don't agree. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Slay had a lot to do with that. But yeah, so do I. So do I. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll disagree on that one. Bradbury, to me, had the better year. Now, uh, will I guarantee you that Bradbury is better this year? No, maybe Slay has a bounce back year and goes back by him. But Bradbury did go by him for my uh, ranking and rating uh, this year. We'll see how he plays. But either way, you sli- any way you slice it, Eagles got two of the best cornerbacks in the National Football League. J.K., good stuff as always, brother. Uh, we'll be reading you on CBS. Looking forward to the return. Uh, good morning, NFC East uh, down the road. Thanks for jumping in today. Always a pleasure, guys. I love coming on here. Jeff Thanks, Curry Jeff. Appreciate it. Bird Street 65. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac coming back. Uh, we still got plenty more Eagles stuff to do. And now in less than 20 minutes, we'll be joined by our pal Gary Myers, longtime NFL writer, columnist, and NFL author. Uh, for years, he covered first the Dallas Cowboys, then the New York Giants. So he's been covering the NFC East forever and uh, doing a lot of national television work. So GM Gary Meyer is going to join us. Oh, about uh, 18, 19. And Hall of Fame voter. I love when we get Hall of Fame voters on. That's true. Uh, Uh, We got uh, nine months or so to wait on this one to to put them in in February. But it's never a problem to look ahead to the Hall of Fame. Gary Myers will join us in about 18 minutes. Coming back here next on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. 
One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Johnny Mac and Johnny Mac doing you on Bart's 365 of Football Friday as free agency week continues. Most of the big names have come off the board, but there are still some out there, two of which for me are Philadelphia Eagles. One we were just talking about, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. The other one that we've talked very little about is Isaac Sayamalu. When free agency started, there were two guys on the Eagles that I thought had a very good chance of being elsewhere. And that was Javon Hargrave. And if Jason Kelsey re-signed here in Philadelphia, then that was pretty much a death knell for Isaac Sayomalu, uh, that uh, the Eagles only have so much money to go around. Now, Roseman's done a really nice job at uh, divvying up the cap flexibility that he did have, which probably painted Isaac out the door if you believe that you can just move Cam Jurgens from backup center to starting right guard, uh, Isaac should probably land elsewhere. Have you heard any rumors about Isaac? Uh, I heard I heard the Bears early, but then the Bears signed Nate Davis, uh, who's a guard from Tennessee. Uh, so that kind of closed that door. Um, no, it's been very quiet. Uh I'm sure very disappointing from Isaacs. I think it has to do with his foot injury. Uh, that was a very, very serious Liz Frank uh, fracture. If you remember, he had two surgeries, couldn't walk for about six months. Um, that's how, the kind how of do, stuff. How do you play this year? Which is amazing. 
Um, but, you know, when people look at it, and Les uh, brought up a, a good comparison earlier in the week, Les Bowen, with Jay Ajahi. Look, everybody knew Jay Ajahi could play, but all the medical people said, not going to be long. Uh, shelf life isn't going to be great. Uh, so it's about more than he got back on the field and played at a high level. But if you have team doctors out there saying, well, it's not going to be long. Uh, it's going to break down again. Uh, that's, you know, that's part of it where I think a lot of people don't think about the medicals. And that's why it, it gets talked about more around draft picks. And, and we always talk about the combine by far the most important part of the combine is the medical evaluations, not the stuff going on on the field by far the most important part for NFL teams is the, is the medical evaluation. And I don't even know if this is true, Joe, but that all I can speculate because right. he played. I'm at, asking you to speculate. You're speculating. Yeah. Uh, uh, he played at such a high level um, and guards aren't going to get paid a ton, but he's a better player than Nate Davis. Um He's not a bad player, but and 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 the Bears made their decision, um, and they had a ton of money uh, to play with, and still do. Um, so yeah, it's very disappointing. Was it? You know, I was thinking about it. Who who did I think was definitely leaving? It was Hargrave. It was TJ. It was Miles, and it was Isaac. Those were the guys I thought were definitely leaving. Um, in TJ's case, I thought he was going to get more than he got. Um, Miles, I think, got a nice deal. Um, what he should have gotten. Um, Javon, what he should have gotten. What we thought he was going to get, $20 million plus. Um, and then, yeah, Isaac, bit of a surprise to me. And that's all I can think of. Right, because, like you said, I like Nick Davis. I think he's a good player. I know that Isaac Samalu has been a better player than him to this point. How does he get 10 million per? And again, who knows? Maybe there's a team out there that's going to jump in and say, oh, yeah, we'll give you what you want. But it doesn't look that way. Same way with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. There may be one team. Only takes one. There's an overuse. And there we say, could the Eagles get him back? You start thinking that way. Can the Eagles get him back? Because all all these people, and Jeff just brought it up, Oh, you can't sit a second round pick for two. Why not? Sure you can. He was he was picked to be a center. Uh, he's still cost effective. It was a luxury pick to begin with. Why the hell not? Can't you sit him for two years? The the short answer is yeah, you can sit him for two years. And uh right, wrong, or indifferent, we've judged Howie Roseman as a guy who's got a little sentimentality attached to him. That if you did it for the Eagles for a period of time, you were a contributor to a winning team, maybe he'll go the extra mile for you. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Well, why wouldn't Isaac Sayomalo fall into that same category? Yeah, I mean, he loves Stout. Uh, everybody loves Stout. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the longer it goes on, uh, the more I start thinking, obviously, that the Eagles can get him back on a cost-effective deal. And why wouldn't they want it back? Um, Stoutland loves him. He loves the team. He loves Stoutland. Um, very comfortable in this the guy system. who was I'm, left loves him too. Yeah. Well, 
Kelsey loves Kelsey him. and Lane. Lane loves him. You get to play in between Kelsey and Lane. I mean, why not? Uh, the the longer it goes, that's the way I'd be thinking. I I'd say Isaac. We and I'm sure Howie's done this. We'd love to have you back. This is what we can do. If it, you know, make your decision. And as much love as we pour on the Eagles offensive line coach, which we should, um, you can only make water out of wine so many times. And uh, there is the possibility of injury. All right, Kelsey never gets hurt. Never mind center. But Lane Johnson. Oh, he always and, gets hurt. He just plays through it. Right, plays right through it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Eagles stayed relatively healthy on the offensive line last year. Lane at the end of the season, but he shortly played through that. Uh, but the left st- side stayed healthy pretty much all year long. What did uh, did uh, the backup uh, offensive lineman who ended up going uh, free agent this year, Dilly? Uh, how many games did he start last year? One? My lot mm. of miss one? Uh, yeah, I think he only missed one. Missed game one. Um, and, and Dickerson stayed healthy basically all year. Kelsey all year. Isaac all year. And Lane got hurt at the end of the year. That's pretty healthy along the offensive line. To, to bank on that kind of health for second consecutive year, you're probably going against the percentages. So if you can get Isaac Sayomalo back, which keeps your uh, second round draft pick from last year in the Jack of all trades fill in. He's going to be our guy. If anybody goes down in the interior of our line, uh, that's a good thing. As far as I'm concerned. I, yeah. I, Andre, Andre didn't even start one game. Because one Jordan game. He didn't back. start one. He, he played significantly when Jordan got hurt in that Jacksonville game, but then right. Jack, Jordan came back. That's what I was checking. He came back. He probably shouldn't have. He, he, uh, you know, the Eagles at first thought that was a season-ending injury for Jordan Mailata. Um, and that was a big break. We just talked about it at corner. That's one of the, you know, one of the big stories about the Eagles season is how healthy they were as a whole. Um, yeah, offensive line, corner, they were they were very healthy as a whole. And that that stuff tends to regress to the mean a little right. bit. So you're right. You're right. Did Dickerson start all 17? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I don't recall him. I, I recall he was banged up a little bit. But I know I think he, Dillard jumped in and played some guard. Yeah, he, he, he would come in. He had an injury, and he, he would leave uh, for a few games. Um, but he would always come back. Right. Uh, those guys tend to be very, very tough. Uh, and Kelsey as well. I mean, I've seen Kelsey. I, I can't tell you. At least two or three times over the past few years, I've I've said, you know, all right, Kelsey's out for the season because the injury looks so significant. Now he just comes right back in. Uh, but I'm trying to look up Landon as we speak. Uh, as a whole, tremendous, obviously, uh, health. And look, I give the Eagles training staff credit. Um but I don't know, you know, there's certain things you can't control and, you know, injuries is one of them, but yeah, Landon played all 17, started all 17. Now he missed a bunch of snaps. Um, 
uh, I believe it was an ankle injury, and he kept coming in and coming out, things like that. So, uh, and because we haven't heard any major rumors from around the league, it's legit to ask the question, what what number would they be willing to bring him back at? If it's a really team-friendly deal, then you got to snap it up. But if it's a close to what Nate Davis got, uh, I think he's a better player. But, uh, the, again, same thing I said earlier in the show about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. There's your opinion and once you get to free agency, there's 32 other opinions. And when you put it on the scale, 32 outweighs one every day of the week and twice on Sundays. So, Isaac, if you're not going to get what you thought you should get or believed you should get, well, then you got to adjust your thinking. And if, if it brings the Eagles back into the ballpark, I hope they just haven't dismissed the possibility. I because- hope so, too. That's my concern. Because my concern, like, I – knew pretty much that the Eagles were going to move on from Miles Sanders, even if he didn't get the deal he was looking for. Like, I think they wanted a change at running back. Um, and I think it was more Howie driven than Nick driven, but nonetheless, I think they were looking for a change. Um, I hope they're not just saying what others are saying that, well, we drafted Cam Jurgens, he's got to play this year. I I don't think they're saying that. I don't I don't know why they would be saying that. They drafted him to play center. Um why move him to guard? Uh like if you have to, you have to. I and and Isaac walks and gets 10 million a year, you have to. But if you don't have to, why would you not want the Pro Bowl alternate guard? And I would argue he should have made the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me yeah, if you can get him back. Right. And the, the, the league will help dictate it. He knows what the offers are that are out there right now. Hopefully the offers are in the Eagles ballpark. Again, here's the one thing we know about the Eagles. They've done a great job. How he always does managing the cap and, and creating room. They still haven't got the Jalen Hurts deal done. And I'm sure I'm they have a worried about that. Are, are people worried about that? I I don't know why. I I don't know why. It's not. It's not. It's not if. It's when. It, it, it's not. There's no. There shouldn't be any consternation that they're not going to. They're not Baltimore. They're not. They're they're, they're not. They're going to get it done. I I don't know. If there's any consternation because of Lamar Jackson. I guess that would be the only consternation in play only right now. But it's, deal. It- in my estimation, it's legit. I, I, I wouldn't worry about it. They're not. I'll say this: they're not losing Jalen Hurts. They're not losing Jalen Hurts. Here, here's yeah, and I think you and I look at this different. We end up in the same place, but we get there differently. I'm not worried about it, but not because I know the deal is going to get done. I'm not worried about it because if there are hurdles along the way, Lamar Jackson being one of them. Hurts, uh, Herbert being a potential one, Burrow being a potential one. Jalen Hurts will be fine. If it drags on and it didn't get done and media guys like Jordy McDonald or John McMullen or Sal Palantonio or uh, anybody on WIP and Marcus Hayes start, well, why isn't it done? What do the Eagles disrespect? But 
Jalen Hurts will be fine. There are certain individuals who will go down that immediate disrespect road. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Uh, Jalen Hurts will just keep his mouth shut. Jalen yes, Hurts will. will just show up and play like the leader that he is. Jalen Hurts will not let, let his contract negotiation affect his play, which has to be, which should be the number one concern. Because that's the only thing that you worry about is if you can't get a deal done, what's a guy thinking while you're still negotiating and trying to get it done? I've seen teams go awry because of mishandled negotiations. I don't fear that at all with Jalen Hurts because of the player that he is. Do I just yeah, go, I, that'll I, get done because why? Because they got Carson Wentz done, so they get to this is a little bit different. The quarterback market continues to change. It continues to go up. How he has had to do what he's had to do to keep the roster in intact. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, but I don't think it's the potential downfall of the Philadelphia. And, and uh, you know, I, I do go back to Carson. I look it up. June 6th. June 1st is a key date. All right. So if you do want to get concerned, and um, again, my advice is to not be concerned. But if you do want to get concerned, don't get concerned until June 1st and the days after June 1st. That's a big date on the NFL calendar. That's when a lot of things flip from a salary cap standpoint. It's much more likely the deal, if it's coming this offseason, and I believe it is, uh, it's much more likely it will happen early June than right now but nonetheless because right, there were a lot of people john not you or i but a lot of people said, oh they'll get it done before uh free agency ever kicks in no well not, no not. it wasn't no uh no. It, it, they'll get this thing done it's harry roseman chandler hurt you want to no and now we'll be several weeks in the free agency and it still won't be done and yes they'll have the draft and it still won't be done so those who said it's going to get done. It's going to get done in a matter of days, a matter of weeks. No, I think it's going into June. I firmly believe that. And yeah, I do believe the Lamar Jackson's the only one because I think both Herbert and Burrow are going to have to wait. I don't think their teams, they've got another year to wait. They don't have to get anything done because they got a five-year contract that's first-round draft picks. So they got more flexibility than the Eagles do. The Lamar Jackson contract is the key domino that's got to fall first before Hurts gets done. Yeah, I mean, Lamar complicates things a little bit, um, but I don't think it complicates things that much. And, yeah, I would say June, early June would be my target area. for. All right, this, this is one of the things we want to run by our next guest. He's been covering the entire league for decades. Gary Meyer is going to jump aboard next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Got Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. Appreciate you streaming in with us. Feel free to hit that like button. Uh, hopefully you like the last 35 minutes of the show because Gary Myers is going to be part of it. Our uh, buddy, longtime NFL columnist and NFL author. All right, let's get this out of the way right away. Uh, when is the Giant book coming out? Oh, September 12th. Once a Giant. The story uh, of victory, tragedy, and life after football. We've, he's got a great book coming out in September. We'll certainly have mine between now and then, and we'll uh, be proming up until it hits the better bookshelves out there. But, Gary, thank you very much for joining us today. You've been doing this for years. Free agency kicked in decades ago now. Yeah, we're all getting old. Um, <laughs> how, how does this year's class movement compare to other years? Any different? Any place where you've seen surprising aggression? Any place where you've seen wow, there's a drop-off from what it used to be there. How do you think the free agent market has played this offseason in the four days it's been in action? Well, we're kind of conditioned now that you, you never get, you know, the big-time quarterbacks ever to make it to free agency. I mean, Peyton Manning obviously did, but there were extenuating circumstances there. Tom Brady did. Again, extenuating circumstances, guys towards the end of their careers. Uh, Lamar's this- pretty big, Gary Myers. Well, but Lamar is, I mean, he's just a different case because, Jody, how many teams are going to pay him what he wants, give up two number one picks for a player that the last two years has proven to be injury prone, who to this point in his career has not had any success in the playoffs. Now, I would do it. Like, if I would do it if I was the Jets, if this Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't work out. I mean, I think it will work out. Um, 
I, I would do it if you're a team that has never been able to find a quarterback. You just take a shot with it, and, and maybe the Ravens won't match. But I, I don't think this is a true new no-brainer like uh, people are portraying it to be. Oh, Lamar Jackson's out there. you got to give up two number one picks for him. Well, when you when you dig a little deeper, I mean, there are some holes in the resume that you have to be a little bit concerned about. Yeah, I, you know, how many times do you think, Gary, we saw it here in Philadelphia with, with Darius Slay over the past couple of days, mm-hmm. uh, giving Drew uh, permission to seek a trade. In Lamar's case, a lot of people have speculated, hey, Baltimore, you know, we can't get it done. Go out and see what you're worth, you know, if, if we put the tag on you. How often do you think teams utilize that? Go out and see the market and, you know, then come back and, and, and see if you're being realistic or unrealistic. Yeah, John, it's not only if you give a guy a franchise tag, but there's a lot of times just strictly in free agency, if you can't reach an agreement and you have a good relationship with the agent, you say, go shop yourself uh, and, and give us an opportunity to match or do a little better because we obviously can't come to an agreement on our own. So let's see what the market will bear. Now there's obviously a lot of risks in that Yeah, because another team might say, just use the case of Darius Slay, you know, just say that the giants who need a second corner um, blew him away with an offer and, and, but prefaced it all by saying, you know, take it or leave it right here because you go shop it back to the Eagles the offer's off the table. So then you, the player runs the risk. I mean, te- teams understand that they're getting used by agents and, you know, they do try, try to control that. The, the Lamar situation is different because it's built in that the Ravens have the opportunity to match or not. Right, yeah. And then, or take the two number ones. So you could just, in that case, strictly be doing the Ravens work for them. And a lot of teams might be hesitant about that. If you're, t- you know, complete UFA, you can try to say to the player, like I just mentioned, you know, this phone call isn't ending without an answer from you. And if you, you say, I got to think about it, then you don't have this option anymore. So, I mean, there are all kinds of games that the agents and the teams use to try to manipulate each other to do what's best for themselves. All right, Gary, need your take on this because the Eagles are certainly involved in this, this off season. They decided to move away from Miles Sanders. Miles signs a free agent contract with mm-hmm. Carolina, the best free agent contract that any quarterback, uh, running back has gotten at over $6 million per. Eagles bring in Rashad Penny for much less than that. Incentives mm-hmm. at most are going to take it to $2 million. All the free agent signings around the National Football League, the biggest deal more than anything else was Ezekiel Elliott getting released mm-hmm. rather than somebody signing with someone. I heard many quote-unquote NFL experts, not putting either of you two guys in this mix, but there's a cyclical change in the NFL. The running game is coming back. The teams are now coming back to the running. It's not as pass-heavy as it once was. Well, you can't tell that by this year's off-season activity at the running back position. Nobody got paid. Uh, The Miles is the top guy and didn't even sniff $7 million a season was that an overstatement this year? If you agree with me that you heard it, first, please tell me if you heard the same thing I did. Oh, here comes the, the running game. Because the NFL is cyclical like it is, the running game is on the rebound and on the way back. I didn't see it in the free agent offseason signings. Did you? Well, you know, I, we talked about a couple minutes ago. I don't think 
you would ask me what kind of free agent class this has been. There are really no outright game changers, either wide receiver or running back in, in this class that would command that kind of money. Now, Saquon Barkley might have been if the Giants didn't franchise him. I'm not even sure about that because of his injury history and the fact that, you know, history has proven that when you get to this point, you have to be in the league for five years or so that a running back, uh, his productivity declines at that point. Um, I, I do, I do agree that, well, let me say this. I never thought the importance of the running back had diminished or should have diminished because the teams that go far in the playoffs are still the ones that can control the game in the fourth quarter uh, by running the ball. But I think the team's emphasis on using uh, high draft picks and spending a lot of money on running backs, that's changed because they feel you can find guys in the second, third, and fourth round who can be extremely effective without having to use a first-round pick. Now, I think it's going to be interesting. A test case will be with Bijan Robinson from, from Texas, who everybody's raving about. Now, where's the Eagles' first first-round pick this year? Uh, number yeah. 10. Okay. Number 10. So th- to me, that would be – I knew it was really high. Uh, to me, that would be the pressure point here, that he, he obviously would be a tremendous fit in Philadelphia if he lasts that far, and I think that he will. But – Will the Eagles buck the trend of taking running backs really high and take this guy who could be a real game changer and perhaps reduce the stress on Jalen Hurts and the and the need to have him keep running the ball by having an elite running back? Um, you saw how effective Ezekiel Elliott was in his first few years. Yeah, people forget Dallas. that. People forget that, Gary. And, yeah. and they say the big deal. But, yeah, it's a short window, so it's yeah. difficult when you talk about valuation. And the Giants, let's talk about your wheelhouse, as you mentioned. They had Mm -hmm. that, you know, going back and forth with Daniel Jones. They would have had to use the franchise Mm -hmm. tag, but they got it done, and they used it on Saquon. So with Daniel Jones, you know, four years, 160, we all know, a lot of funny money in there. But the contract as a whole, they can get out after 2024. Mm -hmm. And I think that last year, I think, the cap hit is 56 and a half million. So, you know, you know, it's going to be restructured either way by the time that last year comes around. Um, do you think the Giants had to do it? Do you think, think they made the right decision? They overachieved a lot of improvements, but that's a, that's a big, uh, that's a big out outlay for Daniel Jones. Yeah. I mean, they can get out after a couple of years, like yeah. you say, but it'll still cost them over the first two years around $80 million, which is, you know, an um, unbelievable amount of money. As recently as the opening game last season and a month into the season, we were saying that Daniel Jones was playing for his job in New York. I don't think there's any question that was the theme of last season. And, and John Mara had said a year ago, we've done everything we can to screw this kid up. You know, they kept changing head coaches and offensive coordinators on him and not getting him skill position players, which they still don't have. Um I mean, they got Darren Waller the other day, so that obviously will help. Um, but this is a guy who threw for barely – barely threw for 3,000 yards last year and had 15 touchdown passes. Now, he he ran for a lot, like 700 yards, and scored seven on the ground. But that's not – I mean, that has become a new metric in how we're rating quarterbacks is what they can do with their legs. But I don't think we've come close to reaching the point of teams going – 
oh man, we got to stop Daniel Jones on Sunday or we got no shot. He played great in the playoff victory against the Vikings against, and excuse my language here, a really crappy defense. Yes, a really crappy defense. Right. And then we saw what happened the next week against the Eagles where the Giants were completely outclassed and he did next to nothing that game. Again, not his fault because he had no receivers that, you know, kept anybody up at night. But I guarantee you the Giants will remake their skill position rooms uh, before they hit opening day on in September. They're going to go heavy on wide receivers. I think they'll take a wide receiver in the first round of this draft. They signed Paris Campbell yesterday, and that, that could be a decent signing for him. Uh, Darren Waller will give them their best receiving tight end, you know, probably since Jeremy Shockey. Um, and if Barkley continues on this path for a little while, where he was a really effective running back last year, then they and they improved. They still have to get a couple pieces on the offensive line, but they can do all that in the draft and free agency really just started. We will get a true indication then if the Giants overreacted um, and how they handled Jones in the offseason by giving him all this money or whether they invested in somebody who can eventually get them to the Super Bowl. Um, they, they, they had to retain them at least for this season because really what are the options? They're picking in the 20s, so they're not going to get a quarterback in this draft. Tyrod Taylor is their backup. There was nobody on the market this year that, you know, maybe they could have gotten involved in the Aaron Jones drama, but I doubt it. That's not really the Giants' style. So, And they like Jones. They thought he really progressed with Brian Dable last year after having really bad coaching in the two years of Joe Judge. He played well his rookie year with Pat Shermer, but then they got rid of Shermer and yeah. started this whole parade of new coaches and offensive coordinators. So the bottom line is, yeah, I think they had a sign, and I'm not sure Giant fans are looking at, at Daniel Jones go, gee, $40 million for that guy? Now, really? you know what? I, I love Brian Dayball, so mm-hmm. I, I love him as a coach. Now, I've heard – because you kind of look like him a little bit, John. A little bit, yeah. Well, poor Brian. But, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, but I'll take it. Uh, Brandon Graham says I look like Bruce Arians, but only when I have the Kangol hat on. So, uh, um, uh, it, when when you talk about Brian and, and and scheming up Daniel Jones, what what's the thought process in the building? I mean, do they you know do they think he schemed him up? Because you know that's a lot. I I I wouldn't think they think that way because I'm not giving. 40 million plus and 80 million over two years to a quarterback. I think the coach schemed up. So they have to think more of Daniel Jones. Than yeah, that, they, right? do. they do. But I mean, when you say schemed him up, I look at it more like he played to his strengths and incorporated his legs into the equation. Like you don't want to continue that as much as they did this past season because guys get hurt, even though he's a big, strong guy. Um, it's only a matter of time before a running quarterback gets hurt, but he, he was, he was able to just settle things down. I mean, a- after Jason Garrett lasted a year and a half, and then it was Freddie kitchens. And, and before that, like I said, Shermer did a decent job with them, but scheming a guy up. I mean, there's different ways to interpret that the way you're, you're phrasing it is, he overcame Jones's weaknesses by 
trickery and 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 doing things that maybe he won't be able to get away with when teams study the tape. I look at it more like he identified what Jones did really well, played to his strengths, made tremendous progress last year, and everybody in the Giants building is convinced that that was just the first step, that now let's give him some elite targets to throw to. I mean, when Isaiah Hodgkins is, is your number one target in the playoffs, yeah. the guy that got cut by the By the way, the I love that kid. He played well. I he don't did. know if he can continue. Right. He played well, but is he A.J. Brown? No. no okay. <laughs> so <laughs> how far are you going to go in the playoffs uh, when, when that's your best receiver? Now, he, he they like him, and he'll definitely make the team this year. But if he's any better than the second receiver on their team, then their offseason has failed. I mean, they need a true number one receiver, uh, and it can't necessarily be Darren Waller. They need somebody on the outside that's going to command double teams and, and scare some people. All right, TM, I want to move from one New York team to the other one. If Aaron Rodgers had come out of the darkness and decided <laughs> he was either a Packer or he was an ex-NFL quarterback or he was going to host Jeopardy or go back into the darkness or whatever else, um, would the Jets have signed the wide receiver that they signed for $44 million? Would Alan Lazard be a New York Jet if Aaron Rodgers were not still open to the possibility of becoming the quarterback of the Jets? Absolutely not, because receiver is one of the Jets' strengths, actually. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they got the rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore will have a better year. I mean, he just got lost last year. I don't know what happened. Uh, Denzel Mims has shown some flashes. Um, Corey Davis uh, is a serviceable vet at this point. He drops too many passes, but uh, and he'll he'll probably get traded or, or cut. He might even be in the Rogers trade. Um, but I think going into the offseason, you wouldn't look at the wide receiver and say, you know, this is an area that Jets got to build on. Obviously, in their in their talks, and Aaron Rodgers said this. The, the Jets said, you know, give us a wish list or. Here's what we're thinking about. What do you think of this guy? There's no doubt there was collaboration here with Rodgers and the Jets in signing Alan Lazard. No, probably signed Randall Cobb also, and he wants Mercedes Lewis. And all these guys will help, but whether they're priorities or not, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have Randall said Cobb and Mercedes Lewis. I mean, yeah. Aaron's Aaron's look. I Jody will tell you, Gary. I nobody has more respect for Aaron Rodgers and his skill set than me, but. You know, he, he's kind of intimated in the past that Green Bay as, hasn't always got him the best weapons. And, mm -hmm. you know, then he wants Randall Cobb back all the time. And he wants Mercedes Lewis back all the time. I mean, which one is it, Aaron? You got to come out of the darkness when it comes. You got Garrett Wilson with the Jets, as you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, that's a playmaker. He's a, he's a terrific young player. And I think um... – as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be one of the best wide receivers in the league for a bunch of years. The funniest thing and the most incredible um, lack of credibility statement that Roger said the other day is that he went into the darkness 90% convinced he was retiring. He was going to retire, yeah. yeah. $60 million. I bet his $60 million that he, he was not going to retire – I don't care how much money you make or how much money you have or have put away 
or if he has a Spartan yeah, life skill, which I don't think that he has. Nobody's walking away from $60 million. Come on. I mean, that's the most foolish thing I've heard. Yeah. You're telling me he was going to make $5 million this year. Well, I don't know. It's all incentives. I don't know if I can win with the Jets if it's an incentive-based contract. I'm not going to take the risk of getting hurt and hurting my legacy. <laughs> $60 million. Give me a Well, point. remember, Gary, you don't need electricity in a yurt, so you don't need that $60 million. <laughs> there, there must have been like a voice in the darkness there said, Aaron, are you freaking crazy? <laughs> and maybe it was his accountant. <laughs> you know? No, no saying, you're, you're, you're all wrong. You know who whispered in his ear? Tell me. Jake from State Farm. Jake. That you State can't Farm. be walking away from $50 million. Did, did I'll notice? give you the best deal that I can, but you're going to actually have to pay for a little insurance, Aaron. So I'd take the $50 million if It was well, Jake from Jody, State Farm talked to him into coming back this year. Did you notice it was either this past season or the year before the Jake from State Farm? Farm commercials were ninety five percent Patrick Mahomes, and every now and then the Aaron Rodgers spot. Yeah, he got he, yeah, got, he got phased yeah, out a little bit. Yeah, I, I wow. think the whole thing with the the vaccination. Immuni yeah, he's immunized. I think that 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 hit. Uh, yeah, hit State yeah. Farm hard. Andy uh, Andy Reid was more viable in the State Farm commercials than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I tell you what, I can't wait for his introductory press conference here. And I would feel the same way if it was in Philadelphia or any of these cities that really care. Yeah. You know, there's always this thing that, oh, the tough New York media. Philadelphia media is much tougher than New York media. There's yeah. just more of we the are. media. There's here. more of us. Yeah. No, there's more of us, Gary. You think? The Eagles have the, they, they constantly complain about this. They have the largest media contingency day to day. Now, they've been trying to phase people out because they have too many people. Um, well, yeah, it's astonishing because you would think New York would have more, and they might between the Giants and Jets. Well, I was going to say that yeah. uh, when they when Rogers has his press conference, yeah, the, yeah, world yeah. the world the yeah. world as oh, it is yeah. here in New York more. Yeah. Will, will descend on uh, on Florham Park. But I'm I'm really curious now. I know if I was there, and I'm I'm not going to go because I don't have a paper to write for these <laughs> days. But I would I, I would turn back the clock and ask him some of these questions about some of the stupid stuff that he's been doing over the last few years. And I hope he does get grilled on it and they make him accountable. I'm not saying they didn't make him accountable in green Bay, but um, it's time to revisit some of these outrageous things that he's been saying the last few years. I think it's going to be incredibly fascinating. I'm so happy the jets are getting him because it's just going to be yeah. fun to, to hear what he can get away with here. Yeah, I, they, and oh, by the way, forget about the NFL Network, ESPN, and other outlets will cover it live. There, there is going to be no hiding for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, absolutely, that, that no. will be. A it's not day. Green Bay, that's for sure. It is right. not uh, Green Bay. Um, where's Joe Douglas with the Jets? I, I, I have tremendous respect for Joe. Um, what do you mean? Where is he in terms of what? As in terms of. Is he GMing for his job this year, for lack of a better oh. term? Is he uh, – how sound is his footing uh, in Florham Park? That That's a really good question. Um, and I would answer it this way, that I do think this – especially if they get Rodgers, and they will, they will get Rodgers, and we haven't yet talked about the little game that's going on between the Jets and the Packers right now. But uh, assuming they get Rodgers, I think that 
Douglas and, and Sala have to make the playoffs this year, that their long-term future in New York will be determined by the success on the field. The Jets are a win-now team. Douglas has done an excellent job since he's been here in building up the team, but he hasn't found his quarterback yet. And you can't win without a quarterback. So if they don't win this year with Aaron Rodgers, then now I don't think they should get rid of him, but he swung and missed on the biggest decision that he's had to make since he's here. And that was Zach Wilson. Um, If you remember that draft, other than Trevor Lawrence, there was just a bunch of guys that nobody knew if they were going to be great or not. And I had advocated before that draft. And I remember they still had Sam Darnold, who had gotten horrible coaching from Adam Gase. I had advocated that the Jets give uh, Darnold one more year and take that second pick and trade down a couple of times. You remember, that's what the Dolphins did. I think the Dolphins were picking third. They traded back to 15th. They traded back up and got Jalen Waddell. And they got a bunch of extra draft choices. They used one of those picks to trade to Denver to get Bradley Chubb. So the Dolphins really maneuvered around the draft board really well. And that's what, before the Dolphins made those moves, I was saying that's what the Jets should have done. We had heard that the 49ers love Zach Wilson, and that's who they wanted to move up to get. They made the trade hoping that the Jets wouldn't take Wilson and then took uh, uh, Trey, Trey Lance. But um, before, it wasn't like the Jets were the only team that liked Zach Wilson. The Eagles loved him. Eagles loved Zach really? Wilson, Terry. So there, yeah. there were a lot of teams that felt that way. But when I looked at him, you know, just a little bit of the highlights that I saw, I saw a guy look really small on the field uh, who won over the Jets by running left and throwing right on his pro day and throwing to 50 yards down the field. Um, and he's really good with running around. I'll give him that uh, with the running around part where the ball winds up is a different story. <laughs> but I didn't think he would. I thought the drop off from Trevor Lawrence to the number two quarterback in that draft was so severe that the Jets did not have to take that guy at number two. They they could have just tried to build a team around Donald, who was the third pick in the draft just three years earlier. And then if he stunk that year, then, then you figure it out. But you use that draft currency there to, you know, turn it into a cottage industry like the like the Dolphins did and, and get primary prime picks for it rather than take a quarterback who still looks like he's in junior high school, both facially and size-wise, and, and really has done did nothing in two years to, to back up the idea that the Jets knew what they were doing. So yeah, that's my long way of saying it, that Joe Douglas has made really good personnel decisions, except at the most important quarterback. Right, and I was well on the record as I would have played the trade-down game too. Yeah, Probably not as far down as he eventually went, but I did not think there was much of a drop-off at all between one and two, even though most of the league did. I was a Justin Fields guy. I thought he should have been the Jets pick at number two. Boom, just take him, move on, get on with your life better. Than Joe, they, they could have traded down. Where'd the Bears get him? Is the Giants 11. Pick? Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the Jets could have... The Jets could have traded down twice to get to 11. Right. But you right? didn't know he was going to go at 11, but I, they should have traded at least once and they should have ended up with Fields, not Wilson. But obviously right. they didn't Passing like for so. you, GM. Um, I think you've already answered this, but I want you to confirm mm-hmm. it. Sala and Douglas tied at the hip. Both stay, both go. Is there a chance that if they do or don't make the trade, whatever else, 
Sala is not retained, but Douglas gets to keep his job, or are they a package deal? No, I, I think if one of them is going to stay, it'll be Douglas. Because you, you can't keep the coach and get rid of the general manager and then force the general manager to work with right, a coach yeah. you didn't hire. Yeah. That doesn't work. The Jets tried that a few years ago with John Idzik uh, when he replaced Tannenbaum, and then they kept, kept Rex. I don't think they're necessarily tied at the hip. But you, ha- you also have to remember that um, Woody Johnson didn't hire Joe Douglas. I mean, he was doing whatever he was doing in London at that point as the ambassador. Uh, so Douglas is not um, Woody's guy. And so I don't know what his loyalty is to him at this point, what kind of relationship they've built. But the feeling here in New York is that for sure, 100%, Sal's got to make the playoffs this year to keep his job. And depending on how the season goes, the same could be true of Douglas. I don't think I don't think Douglas should be on the hot seat only because he has done a re- – I mean, their roster is really good. And But just the fact that they're going to bring in a 39-year-old quarterback who I think is going to be 40 at some point in the season – just shows the desperation that they feel and the urgency that they urgency they feel right now to win, and some of that obviously is tied to hey, we got to win to keep our jobs. The this whole Rogers thing, I think, will get settled before the draft, though. GM, it's always fun catching up. We appreciate you jumping in with us today. We'll certainly get you on again as the season moves on, probably before the draft. As a matter of fact, see who can make those. Gary, I want to sneak in real quick. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, I want to sneak into your Pro Football Hall of Fame selector status. I don't know. This is probably an unfair question, but I don't know how far you look ahead. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Fletcher Cox and his status as a potential uh, down-the-line uh, uh, player? But you guys know the Jets made a pretty good run at him. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were talking about it on the show yeah. earlier. Um, John, I, I think that um, – the fact that he he's a Super Bowl champ and got to another Super Bowl and has been a mainstay of that defense for extended period of time. The best way I can answer that is he deserves serious consideration. But the fact that I, I haven't obviously dug deep into his career and I mean, I've seen him play a lot in all those Giants Eagles games. And he was always a guy you had to be concerned about, but the best I can say at this point is I'm certain he will get uh, serious consideration, you know, whether or not he's a hall of fame player uh, remains to be seen. Let me throw one back at you guys. If you got a second. Okay. Sure. Cause this is like the biggest issue that I think um, I'll be looking at in the next couple of years. Do you guys think that Eli Manning is a hall of famer? Yeah, I do and, not. You, you and I, I have already speak. had this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Had had yeah, I've had this discussion a lot as well. I do not. Um, it, I, I'm more of a, a, a consistency guy more than Super Bowl championships. I think he will be a Hall of Famer. I think the, the two rings will get him over the top. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame player. That's just my uh, uh spin on it and you know gary you know because you know i've discussed it on the air i just don't uh i i I, john and i are in the exact same place if i'm handicapping gary myers at all and all your buddies 
and usually you guys do a phenomenal job, yeah, I think he's going to get in. If you're asking me my opinion, and if I had a vote, would I vote for him? The answer is no. Well, you know, the big thing has become now so much status is attached to whether a guy gets in first ballot. And so that's going to be the real issue for me. I think I agree with you. I think he will get in. I think he deserves to get in the issue. And I'm going to try hard for him because that's kind of what we're supposed to do when you make a presentation. And Bob Glauber, who used to be at Newsday, he makes the giant presentations and then anybody else can speak. I look at it this way. And I'm not trying to convince you because you guys know what his career was all about. He never won a playoff game in any season other yeah, yeah. than the two that he won the Super Bowl. But that's a big other than. You know, that, he won two Super Bowls, was 8-0 in those two years, beat an undefeated uh, Patriots team the first time around in the Super Bowl, beat in the playoffs Brett Favre at Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. And in each of his two Super Bowl victories, had two-minute drives at the end of the game to beat the Patriots. If that's not what a Hall of Famer is supposed to do, then I'm not sure. You, Why would Warren Moon uh, – that one just popped into my head. Now, I, I didn't think Warren numbers. would get in. But here's the thing. With Peyton, I'll say this, Gary. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Peyton is the greatest regular season quarterback yes. of all time. Yeah. I think, you know, when Indianapolis started – What do you think their- the best postseason quarterback of all time? Uh, I'm going to go Tom, yeah, but, you. Uh, uh, you know, you can make an argument for Joe, but uh, Tom was there so much. I'm gonna, right. I, I, I would lean towards Tom, but I think Peyton is consistency. When Indianapolis started a year, you knew they were uh, 10 wins was a bad season, right? Bad season. They were going to win 12, 13 or 14 was a good season. That's how consistent he was from week mm-hmm. to week. I, I think the rest of the seasons, he had two great runs. Eli, unbelievable. Well, what if Tyree doesn't make the catch? What if Asante Samuel makes the interception? Uh, no, no, even no, no, having no, the conversation? No, you, can, you cannot play that game, the if game. What if Santonio Holmes doesn't make that, that sideline yeah, I catch? agree. But I, mean, I think that's what I mean. You, we you, put- can say, you can say that about any game in the history of the NFL, other than the blowouts, what if? But, but yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Gary. But my only point is, you can't say that about Peyton because of the consistency. There's no I, the consistency from week to week to week to week. The greatness from week to week to week. There's no ifs. This guy. Uh, the what? ifs with Peyton. Let me throw this one out. What if the Tuck rule? Whatever that tuck rule was and no longer that, is, no doubt about happen. it. Charles Woods makes the hit. Um, the Raiders recover the ball. They win the game. Oh, no doubt about it. What but have, Tom's got, to how many more career? does Tom have, though? How many more does Tom have? I mean, right? But would would that have happened? Right. I I don't need to play the what is without game. that first Here's one. Here's what I know: the others Eli Manning happening. had two phenomenal. Phenomenal, two, two unquestionable runs. Hall phenomenal of Fame runs. seasons. Yeah. In a how many year career? Yeah. Is that enough to put him in? No what ifs. Is his two year unbelievable run enough to get him in? For me, yeah. it's too short. For others, it may, I, I think, maybe I think Brady, I think Brady would have won multiple Super Bowls, um, regardless of that tuck rule, because he was that good. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I get saying, your point. I'm the just saying effect. I that first point. one 
you know, did it lead to the second and the third and the fourth because of the confidence, you know, rather than just having one playoff game that year under his belt and losing it, they go on and win in Pittsburgh, they beat the Rams, and the Tom Brady magic started. So, <clears throat> but I'm not going to look back at his career and say, well, what happens if that no, I, to the yeah, Raiders? That's fair so, point. I mean, Tyree, listen, we can talk forever about this one. Tyree made an unbelievable catch. Was it a lucky catch? Of course it was. Should uh, Mike Carey, who was the referee in that game, called in the grasp yeah. before oh, Eli yeah. even got rid yeah, of the ball? Yeah. Yeah. In, in a regular season game, that play would have been whistled dead. He let it go because of the magnitude of the moment, which wasn't fair to the Patriots because, we, as we learned on the Bradbury thing, you know, it doesn't matter what part of the game. That's exactly where it's going. In the moment, should they have thrown right. the flag yeah. against and Bradbury? The reason, no, because the, they hadn't done it all game. Let's exactly. That, that's why the Bradbury the flag should never been thrown. We got to do it with beers, not with coffee. We can't do this <laughs> one-inch game this early in the morning. We will definitely do it again down the road. Thanks for hopping in, brother. We'll call you again. You guys are great. Gary. Appreciate it, man. That is Gary Myers, uh, longtime NFL. I get, I get too. I love, I love Gary. I love the Hall of Fame guys. The Hall of, I had to sneak the Fletcher in because I was talking about it, and I don't get Eagles fans who dislike him, and and that's what I thought. I'm not saying he's going. By the way, well then, I'll ask you last question because we got to wrap this up. Is Fletcher Cox a Hall of Famer? Uh, I think he is, but I thought Gary. Yeah, I thought Gary Hall of Famer. I thought Gary would give me the answer. Gave me he's going to get serious consideration. Yeah, because I know those guys. I know how they think. And and when Gary delves into it, he's going to see that 2010 All Decade team, and he's going to see all the pro, all the All Pro nods. And I think he's going to lean towards getting Fletcher in. They they really rely on that stuff. When you make an All Decade team, that is that's something. And you he's see, already. Getting and you it. want to know some? I think that's BS. What if your 10 years run from 05 to 15? Do you get screwed? I'm not. Sometimes. I'm not saying it, I, 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 it's too hard and fast. Uh, you know, usually, guys, you look at the history. It's very rare that somebody doesn't make an all-decade team and doesn't go to the Hall of Fame. And I agree with you. I think they lean on that too much. Um but it is what it is. And I think he's a, a borderline candidate, and I think that gets him over the top. Is, yeah, I, is my point. I don't think Eli's a Hall of Famer, but I think he's getting in. I think much more important in. is years making all pro than making an all decade. Because no decade just is coincidence. Your career happened to line well, up. Well, it's not coincidence. Oh. You got to be really good to make an all decade team. Yeah, you're right. The timing's got to work out as well. But you got to be really good to make an all decade team. So I get part of what you're saying, but there is no – some guys might get screwed, but if you make an all-decade team, that means you're really, really, really right. good. But there's a possibility that a guy could make an all-decade team who makes first-team all-pro twice. But if it lines up perfectly, and you could have a guy whose career starts in 05 and goes to 05, and he could make six first-team all-pros and still not make all-decade. Who's the yeah. better player? The guy who makes six – all, first team all pros are the guy who makes two all pros. Tone's yelling at us. We got to get out of here. But I was uh, a minute late, Tone. So we got an extra minute. All right. Uh, quickie timeout. Uh, we'll come back, put a bow on the show. <laughs> Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. 
go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. We're well over, so we're getting out of Dodge pretty damn quickly. Just one question for you, John McMullen. Uh, You swung and missed on this one, so I'm going to give you a second chance here. Will Chauncey Gardner-Johnson be signed somewhere by the time we come back on Monday morning? Yes. (laughs) I'm going to keep going, yes. He's got to sign at some point. Down that road again. You got Hey, you got 48 this time. Last time was only 22 or 46 hours to get this one right. I thought I was going to be right, too. I thought he was signed in that day. Yeah, I think he's upset with the market, but at some point, you got to realize you got to come to a conclusion. The longer he waits, it's only going down. People go different directions, budgets shorten. Uh, he better make a decision quick. Disrespect or no, uh, you got to play somewhere, um, and he's got to make a decision. I'm going to recede to the darkness, and he's going to make a decision for a couple of days. 
right, we'll see if he does by the time we get back here. You get Mac and Mac right back here on Monday, second week of free agency. We'll be here in two and two days, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.